A champion of this radio show is Ash Ram. Gives up his Thursday mornings nice and early to chat to us and tell us where the fish are biting and what you're catching at this stage of the year if you're a keen angler and you're not a fair weather angler, Wayne. And we know Ash Ram, isn't it? Hello, Ash. Hey, good morning, guys. How's things, Travis? It's dead right. It has to be uh, totally uh, a keen angler, and that is what June and winter fishing is all about. But uh, there's plenty of options. Still plenty of options, Clarkie, but I... Clarky, I was talking to someone very prominent within the uh, the fishing industry yesterday, and he he got to uh, having a chat. And said, "I'll oh, make sure you give give Clarky a shout out." The uh, the editor of the the Western Angler said the guy mm. say good day, mate, in, in Scotty Conglin, and some fond memories of some Wangler trips that you, you went along as the sporting legend up to the Mackerel Islands, mate. Yeah, yeah, and thoroughly enjoyed it actually. And uh, Scotty and I go back. He was a media manager at the the Wacker when I was coaching WA as well. So we've got a little bit of a thing. And it was one of the things that I was going to mention that I looked at his article because he writes in the West and that about uh, on the weekend. It was a terrific um, article about the value of recreation or the economic value of recreational fishing. Now, we know that it's all under a bit of pressure at the moment, but you just cannot underestimate what recreational fishing does for different areas along the coast, I would have thought, Ash. About $2.4 billion it's worth to our state, Clarkie. Mm. That's, uh, that's an economic report that was done a few years back now, uh, hosted by Wreckfish West and a lot of players. did a very comprehensive study on the value of recreational fishing to Western Australia's economy. And, yeah, $2.4 billion, it's it's up there as big as a lot of major, uh, you know, activities that that people wouldn't even compare. And so it's disappointing that that's not being totally, uh, you know... Well, I, I was going to ask, the, governments. The, yeah. the, the, the councils and that that are trying to get involved in that now, surely they would be promoting, you know, along the coast their areas and not getting caught up with it, with it, you know, and leave it to the government. One would think, Clarkie, common sense. Let's just step back and have a look. I think there's a little bit of... Uh, there's a lot of emotion going on in the, in the fishing world at the moment. There's a lot of emotion, a lot of uh, opinions being placed on tables and I think it's nearly time for everyone just to step back, take a breath, have a look at the big picture, um, let's get some more data, some more facts and really make some some good solid decisions, not rushed decisions, not decisions rushed by governments and councils. Let's sit back and look at some further studies, look at some better data, some more comprehensive data and Look at making some decisions that really will mould recreational fishing into the future um, for the benefit of all parties. 100%, there's times where we've got to sit back and look at changing and moulding things and, you know, due to extra population, due to, you know, changes in, in practices. But there's no need for these crazy knee-jerk reactions that seem to be, you know, wanting to happen at the moment, mate. That is as simple as that. Hey, Ash, I'm not sure we would have found you out in the Dawesville cut on Sunday as the rain was absolutely teeming down and the wind was coming in sideways. Maybe early, because the weather was beautiful early on Sunday and then it took a turn for the worst. What's the worst weather that you've been out throwing a line in the water in? Well, mate, I think we've all had a bit of a go at crazy times. Since people learned to catch pink snapper off the back of the storms and realised how close to the beaches and groins they get, I think everyone had a bit of a go thinking... You just about have to stand in the eye of the storm to catch one. But we've learned over the last couple of years, it's not really the case, mate. You, you can let the rain and the, and the dangerous swell pass by and be out there the next day. So all we're looking for is the dirty water. 
Um, the low pressure cell can still be there, but the dirty water is what really lets some of these uh, predatory style fish come closer to the shore. They love that cover. It's like smoke screen for them. So we don't have to be that crazy. Of course, we've all had some boating experiences where we've got out there and, and thought, oh, it'll be okay. It shouldn't be too bad. I haven't been on the water for a month, so I'm going to go and have a bash this weekend. And, mate, you can hardly travel over five or six knots. There's a few... Uh, waves sort of borderline on coming over the nose and you you get about 300 yards out the river mouth and think, mate, I think I should go back and have a cup of coffee and often it's the right thing to do because uh, you don't really catch a lot when it's that rough anyway. And and remember that safety thing. And we, you touched on it, mate, but this weekend's a, a classic. We've got the winds finally dropping out after four or five days of good old winter storms. Just keep an eye on that swell, graph. The wind has stopped. The swell is still there. And we love our inshore pink snapper. But the one dangerous component for that weather is the swell, mate. So, look, prior to this storm system that's happened, last Saturday night was one of the craziest snapper bites I've had for a long time. It was a glass off. It was one of those nights you wouldn't expect, maybe, to have too many snapper because they do like a little bit of wind on the water. They do like a little bit of dirty water. Took my old man out, and it was just absolutely sensational bite. One thing we have seen along... The Mandra Coast and hopefully up into metro waters. Some fantastic winter skippy, Silver Trevally. We haven't seen good big schools of big ones for a few years. Different currents, different temperatures. They look like they've parked up for the winter. Awesome numbers and lots of anglers commenting how many they've seen, how many they've caught already and, and how good they actually are. So they're all going to be fantastic options when the swell dies down. It might not be till early next week, guys, but keep an eye on that. If you're looking for your last feed of winter crabs, this is it because... Once the winter rains start, mate, and we get that push of fresh water wanting to push out to sea, the last of the crabs will push out. Now, what it means is those that are left in our rivers and estuary systems are starting to bunch up near the outflows, near the entrances back to the sea. Makes, makes it easier to find, makes them easier to target. Go and drop a few crab nets in if you need to this week and need to get your fix on the water. Near the outflows, you get yourself a feed of crabs before they're gone for the season. And uh, we'll look back at Pink Snap on that next week when the swells settle down, mate. Beautiful. Ash, always nice to have your insights. First thing on a, uh, a Thursday morning, have a great weekend. Absolutely, lads. Good luck, tight lines, and we'll talk next Thursday. Ash Ram, our man, on a Thursday morning here on Sport FM, and always good advice and a little bit of information you might have, you might have missed. He doesn't miss too much, does our man Ash.